Good evening, everybody. It's great to see you all. Welcome. I said Long Island or is it Strong Island? Is it Strong Island? Long Island. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you guys for, for joining us tonight. And uh, it, it's just uh, good to, to be together and um, good to see familiar, face, familiar faces, but more than that, to see the faithful faces. That's what I love so much. Uh, it's so encouraging uh, to, to see Kyla uh, be baptized last night. You know, some of you know she's grown up in the church. It's just always a reminder, parents, we should always pray, never give up. And uh, at the right time, you know, God will continue to work. And so please remember Jesus' word. Always pray, never give up. Uh, Sari, Shauna, thank you so much for the song and the, and the, and the uh, announcements and sharing the opportunities that we have in the upcoming months here to serve uh, in our community. And uh, it's just it's really exciting. Uh, you know, believe it or not, here we are in November of 2023. This year is rolling. Uh, you know, we here in the Garden State, we've just kind of finished up, more so on the East, uh, a series entitled A Heart for God. And, and we, we uh, just, we took a deep dive and we spent midweeks, we spent Sunday services uh, talking about David, a man after God's own heart. And as amazing and unbelievable, uh, encouraging faith uh, building and strong and talented as David was, man, David did some pretty unbelievable things. And yet, God said, there's a man after my own heart. And I believe part of that is because of David's attitude in his relationship with God. He understood God's grace. He was able to accept that forgiveness and, and repent. And, you know, as Christians, is that not our lifestyle? Because obviously we're not perfect and we're going to continue to blow it. But man, when we understand God's grace and that he doesn't focus on our mistakes or our sins, but that he's like, okay, get back up. Let's get, get back out there. Keep on going. Keep praying. Keep having the right attitude. And so tonight, we're kind of transitioning, and we're going to be focusing here in Jersey on the attitude of a learner. Because if there's something that should exemplify us as Christians, is that we're, we're learners. We don't have the attitude that we've arrived, that, that we, we know it all, and, you know, or even, you know, and, and some of us are, are professionals in, in, in our fields, and, uh, and, and yet we, we know that it's just super important to continue to grow and to, to learn. And, you know, when you talk to people who have uh, had success, one of the things that wise people do is they find people who know how to do what it is that they want to do, 
and they say, hey, how did you do that? How did you, how did you get there? How, how did you change that? And, and they, they ask questions. And the cool thing about being a Christian is there's no cap. There's no depth of learning that you get to and then you're done. And we can continue to grow and mature, whether we're talking about our relationship with God, whether we're talking about our, um, our parenting, whether we're talking about just relationships with one another, we can always grow and mature. And so we're going to talk about the attitude of a learner. And so I want to start here in Acts chapter two, because I believe this early church was so much of an example of what we're talking about. And you got to think about this. You have Jews that had come from literally all across the world. They had their religious background. They had their thinking. And they come upon Jerusalem in the day of Pentecost. God decides it's time. It's time to begin my plan, my movement. And he has the disciples there. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. They start to preach and teach. And they're, they're speaking in, in, in languages that they never studied. And something amazing happens. And people are blown away. And they hear this message that Peter preached. And it says in verse 36, Acts 2, 36, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, not some of you, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, not the sins of the world, not sins of mankind, your sins. Yes, you've sinned, your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. You know, becoming teachable, being teachable is not about intellect. It's not about work ethic as much as it is about our heart condition. See, Jersey, we, you know, we've been talking about the heart, you know, and God has been helping us to see our hearts. One of the main characteristics of the Christians in the first century church was they had a heart for God. 
that heart made them willing and it made them excited to learn and to change. And as you read this passage, again, they weren't there. They didn't crucify Jesus. And so they allowed somebody who they didn't know to tell them this message and it resonated. It hit them. It convicted them. They saw and they accepted this responsibility. And it stopped everything. They said, whoa, whoa, what, what, what do we need to do? And see, once people saw the impact of their sins on Jesus, they became teachable. They wanted to learn how to make their relationship with God right. And so they asked Peter, teach us, show us. How do we respond to the way, how, or how do we respond the way that God wants us to respond? And that attitude just continued to, 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 to grow. You know, there was four things here that these people were willing to be taught. Number one was who Jesus was. They were willing to be taught who Jesus was. Secondly, they were willing to be taught the impact that their sin had on their relationship with God. Thirdly, they were willing to be taught how to take responsibility. And the other thing is they were willing to be taught how to live a life of impact. See, when we develop a heart for God, he leads us to become teachable so that we can continually grow closer to him, that we can continue to learn how to not live in the past, and not think about how we blew it, but to accept this grace and this forgiveness and know what God had done and what Jesus had done, and that we're now free. The chains of sin have been broken, and now the power of the Spirit lives in us. And that the things that we used to do, we, we do them no more. The things we used to say, we say them no more. Why? We have a reason to be different. And so as we grow closer to him, we learn how to have the impact that he wants us to have on this world. But here's what we need to remember. It's a process. We have to trust the process. You know, it's funny if you're a sports fan, um, I like sports. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers a few years ago discussed a plan to change their franchise. And they got this amazing center named Joel, Joel Embiid. And please bear with me if you're not into sports. You can look it up later on YouTube or TikTok or something. But the ownership said, we, we got to go through the process. And part of the process was getting players and then developing them and help, getting the right coach to help the personalities to, 
to um, to gel. But there was a process. And in that process, there were kind of steps that you needed to take. You know, I remember uh, in high school, we learned what we called, uh, um, I don't want to get into all the details, but th there was a, a way that our coach wanted us to play defense. And he says, if we do it right, he says, we will be a well-oiled machine that people hate to play. And we did these drills and they were fundamental and you had to, had to you know, stand a certain way and you had to have this certain hand up and, and everybody moved in unison and everybody uh, ha had a role and you had to kind of work through this process to understand how each part had a part that made the whole thing go. And I tell you, sometimes these drills were so boring and it was not fun, but oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we learned the fundamentals and that we practiced and we practiced. And by the time my kind of class graduated, we'd won three state championships in a row and we're 85 and three over a three year period. And I'm like, wow, that was a lot of hard work, but we had to trust what coach taught us. And then we had to practice it. You know, it's easy to want quick solutions to become successful or to even be spiritual. We want quick. We want, hey, I want to do this. But when it comes to mastering something and being an expert, it takes hard work. I remember as a young Christian being in Bible studies and just being amazed. How do you know what scripture to go to when this person says something? You're like, oh, turn over here to this. And oh, and I used to just want to be like that. And you know, through time, you learned. See, there's a process that God is constantly wanting to take us through that you and I have to have that willingness, even though it might be boring, even though it, 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 it may take time. We have to have the understanding. It, it's a process. And uh, when we can trust God or trust the person that he's put in our lives, man, it can help us to not only be motivated, but to be hungry, to not just stay where I am, to not just settle. You know, here's another scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and this is the Passion Translation. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. Trust in the Lord completely. Uh-oh, stop it right there. <laughs> completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. 
and he will lead you wherever you go. You know, the Bible calls us to completely trust God. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not there. I, I want to be there. What does that look like? To completely trust God. Why? In order to do so, we have to choose to not rely on our own opinions, but instead to rely on him. You know, it is very easy to rely on your own opinion, and you don't even realize it. You know, Philippians 3.19, you can, you know, look at that. Sometimes we can rely on our emotions. You know, we see something, we size it up, we get to feel. I, I got a feeling about this. Something in my gut telling me something. And, and we rely on our emotions. We got to learn. I got to trust God over what I feel. Sometimes we can rely on our intellect. Hey, we've been there, done that. I've been around, you know, however long. And, and I've seen this, seen this. And, and God says, no, I will trust what God says over what I think. Because sometimes our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not God's ways. And we got to continue. We got to check that and be, you know, clear uh, to not fall into that trap. Another way that we can uh, rely on our, ourselves is we can rely on accomplishments. You know, I can trust what I've done, trust where I've been. Yeah, I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. And that can overcrowd trusting in the Lord completely. See, choosing to trust God means that I have to give up all the above things to become teachable and let him guide me to who he wants me to become and where he wants to take me. As I said, Proverbs 3, 6 says that when we become intimate with God, we will trust him to lead the way. Intimacy with God means that we know him well enough. We're comfortable with him. We're honest. We're vulnerable with him. That intimacy leads us to say, God, I don't know. I, I, I can't, but you can. And so here's my heart. Here's this situation. I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. Lead me, direct me. You've given me your spirit. Guide me in the way that you want me to go. So let's be careful not to rely on our emotions, not to rely on our intellect or our been around for this long amount of time, not rely on our you know accomplishments from the past, but really learn to rely on him. Here's some practical ways that we can rely on God. And I'm going to have a few of the brothers here share with us. Uh, all right. Where is. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jahel. Yes. Um, as it says, learn from, learn from scripture. 
Uh, in Acts 17, 11 to 12, the Passion Translation, it says, they found that the Jews of Berea were of more noble character and much more open-minded than those of Thessalonica. They were hungry to learn and eagerly receive the word. Every day they opened the scrolls of scripture to search and examine them, to verify that what Paul taught then was true. A large number of Jews became believers in Jesus, along with quite a few influential great women. Amen. Learn from scripture. <laughs> Thank you, Jahel. BT. Learn from prayer. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 8, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Learn from prayer. Learn from people teaching us about God. Proverbs 23, 12. Pay attention to your teacher and learn all you can. Learn from people teaching us about God. All right. Learn from life, life's experiences. Proverbs 3, verse 13, Amplified Version. Happy, blessed, considerate, fortunate to be admired is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word and life's experiences. Learn from life's experiences. Amen. Thank you, brothers. See, God's given us a way to learn. But the point is, I'm relying on him. You know, what area of your life is God leading you through an unfamiliar or uncomfortable process? What area of your life is God leading you through an unfamiliar or uncomfortable process? You know, some of you know, our, our daughter moved to California and uh, that's a far, far away from home. <laughs> it is unfamiliar. <laughs> it is weird uh, not having our kids here. Uh, God is helping me. Uh, hey, Russ, you better enjoy this, son. <laughs> but it's weird. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's just, I'm like, wow, this is, this is weird. But what, what is God leading you through right now? Relational conflicts are there. Personal inner struggles. Whatever that might be, we have to trust the process. God wants us reliant on him. He wants that part of us that tends to worry, be afraid. He, wa he wants to take that from us. He wants us to cast that on him so that we can know, okay, I'm feeling this, God, but I'm going to trust you to lead me through this process. I'm afraid to have that conversation, but I'm going to trust you to, to give me the words to say. Trust the process. 
Secondly, the early disciples understood something. Become teachable to teach others. One of the greatest joys of being teachable is the ability to then transfer what you've learned to others to help them in their journey. A Latin proverb says, by learning, you will teach. By teaching, you will learn. Before becoming a teacher, we have to be willing to learn ourselves. You know, we have a plethora of teachers here in, in, the, in the Garden State Church. And it's always great to listen to, to how people teach and, and how they, you know, you, you hear about how different people learn. And some people are visual learners. Some people learn by listening. Some people have to kind of, you know, do it and, 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 and you know. But it's, it's, it's amazing, guys. Um, teaching what we've learned helps us to keep developing depth and growth in our knowledge to be able to communicate. You know, it's been really encouraging as a young man is studying uh, or been studying the Bible and um, he realized, he says, man, I, I need to get baptized again because I did not get this. And what we talked about was okay well what didn't you get and and you know and he explained a lot of things but one of the things that was so clear was that he didn't really know what he believed and why he believed it and so I would say well you said that well where did you get that from and then he said oh well and and it and then it became more and more clear that he just got information and it kind of accepted it, but didn't really accept it. And it didn't internalize. And so it's so encouraging because his heart and his attitude is, hey, I'm I'm going to get this right. And so uh, it's going to be cool to see how God works and continuing to help him to not just get it, but to get it in order to teach others. You know, it, it reminds me of David's words here. In Psalm 51, he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. See, in this psalm, David was asking God for help. And as he realizes the impact of his sin, on God, he wants to make the relationship right with him. But then David knew that he needed a willing heart in order to obey God, which would then enable him to help others. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the things that concerns me is that we have to remember Jesus's last words. Go make disciples, baptize them, teach them to 
Bay. There is such a big difference with teaching someone and teaching them to obey. Because when you teach someone, again, we can't make someone obey, but that's the point of being a disciple is that you're, you're learning that, no, the goal is obey. The goal is to do Jesus's will, not to know, to feel, to, yeah, but I'm aiming at obeying Jesus because then I'm going to help the next generation or the next person to do the same thing, to not just know Jesus and then end up lukewarm or religious. No, I want to obey Jesus. And then we're constantly turning to say, who can I help with what God's taught me? And you know, if that hasn't been a part of your thinking or your life, man, we got to get back to being teachable again in that mindset so that I can help others. Because there's nothing like helping someone else because you ultimately help yourself. <laughs> you know, we're, Sari and I are helping this couple uh, who's not a part of our church with marriage counseling. And, and, and it's so amazing watching this couple who are not disciples, they're not studying the Bible, but they're learning how to live as one. We're, we're going through the, the, the workbook. And, and you know, the guy says to me last night, he says, man, I tell you, this is really changing my life. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? He says, because I, I keep thinking about these things, you know, learning to live as one and, and learn. And I'm just like so impressed. But then I'm also convicted, Russ. Uh, are you listening? Are you asking those questions? Honey, am I making you feel loved? Oh, no. no. <laughs> but it's not just for us. It's to help others. And when you see people being helped, is that not what it's all about? You know, here's another scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verse three and four it says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You know, when you see this scripture lived out, it is so inspiring. It is so inspiring. When we choose to develop a heart for God, our own personal experiences will teach others. You know, one of the things I love about our church is, man, people have been through some stuff. And to be able to share your personal struggles and issues and be vulnerable in that way is so inspiring. And to know, hey, we're we're you know we're we're works in progress, but to have the courage and vulnerability to open up about our issues to say, hey, learn from this mistake, or hey, 
here's the direction to go in. It is so, so encouraging. The hardships that we go through aren't simply to help us get closer to God. They're also an opportunity for us to help our friends who will one day go through some of the similar things that we faced in life. This scripture illustrates this very fact by showing us that when we turn to God to get comfort, we can then comfort others when, with the comfort that we receive from him. We're like a conduit. God gives us comfort and man, we're feeling all good. Brothers and sisters, we got to give that away. I know it feels great, but we got to give that away to someone else. Don't just keep it for yourself and be like, woohoo, I'm fired up. And I'm, yeah, do that, but give it. See, our world is facing, and you've heard this, unprecedented challenges. Now more than ever, we need to embark on this journey of becoming more teachable so we can help people around us. People need help. People need hope. People need direction. And as disciples, is that not why we're here? God has given us his spirit. God has given us the forgiveness of our sins. God has given us his word. He's given us relationships. He's given us everything that we need to literally change the world. But we have to decide that I'm going to continue to be teachable, not just so I can learn, so that I can take what I learn and that I can share it with someone else. Here's a couple of questions to ask yourself. In what area of your life do you need to become teachable to become a better teacher? And then what valuable lessons have you been taught that you can teach others? See, sometimes we think we don't have much to offer. No, we got a lot to offer. But we just have to sometimes stop and think about, man, what has God taught? Boy, I tell you, man, there's a lot of things I've learned in this thing called life. You know, one of the things that um, motivated Sari and I for doing preteen young teen camp is the experience that we had growing up at the summer camp that we went to, the Martin Luther King Youth Center. I looked at a, uh, there's a video um, where we got to, um, we went to Africa in 20, 2002, and there's a song in this, you know, called Ring Ding Ding, where, you know, you teach people the Bible, and and we got to share that with the kids over there. And I mean, that's one of just the joys. I'm like, we took Ring Ding Ding from the center to Nairobi, Kenya. And here these kids are learning the books of the Bible through Ring Ding Ding. And I'm like, wow, that, that, was, that was fun. What valuable lessons has God taught you? What has he taught you? See, we got to keep staying connected 
because there's so much to learn. You know, last but not least, I want to give you um, just some additional scriptures. And again, in the uh, Garden State, Jersey, uh, we're going to be diving into this deeper. But here's some great examples of the attitude of learners and some great scriptures to just think about, because we're going to dive into to this topic and um, allow God to teach us so that we can teach others. Let's pray together and uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, thank you again for this time. And Lord, we just thank you for the example of these early disciples and Father, how they heard the message. That message sparked a attitude of gratitude, but also a willingness to be taught. And God, I pray that you help us to have that same attitude because Jesus is our savior. He's done what no one else can do. And Father, that's why we're here. That's why we're on this screen. That's why we're taking this time out uh, to, to, to listen and, and be in your word. I pray that you help us keep learning and that we keep making a decision to follow Jesus. Because Father, what you started in us, you promised that you will bring to completion. I thank you again for every heart on this, on this screen. I thank you for every disciple in your church. Please help us stay in the learning mode. And Father, because of that, we can grow and mature and become all that you desire for us to be. Father, that we can overcome the most challenging, terrible situations in life because we know that you're with us and that you'll never leave and forsake us and that you'll give us the strength to overcome. So thank you again for this time. Uh, be with uh, our, our, our families, be with our children, be with the next generation, be with our friends, and God continue uh, to just help us to follow Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.